Well, we're so glad that we could come to you today and just uh, be able to share the Word of God with you. We're in this beautiful series that we started right on Resurrection Sunday, and it's called Hope Resurrected. Because when Jesus resurrected, I really believe that all our hopes are resurrected, no matter what we might be going through, no matter what we might be facing right now. I really believe that because Jesus resurrected, there's no situation in this life that is dead in itself. God has the final word. And I want you to receive that word today, that you could trust in our God, that you could trust in His work in our lives. Now, today I want to share with you a little bit about the life of the disciples when Jesus appeared to them and they had returned to some of the things that they were doing before that had met Him. And, and you know, as I was studying this, uh, there were some thoughts that was coming through my mind. And one that there's no greater moment of defeat than when you return to the things that you used to do before you knew the Lord. You know, when you return to the things that you used to do before you knew the Lord, I bet it's because of some great disappointment, because of some failure, because of pain, because of different things that have gone on in our lives. I remember there was a moment in my life when I had a great disappointment serving God in ministry. And uh, I remember that day like if it was yesterday and I was there and I had my, my, my hopes shattered. And I remember that there was this voice that, that spoke to my heart and it wasn't the voice of God. It was actually the voice of the enemy. And what he was telling me was that I was not made out for this. He was telling me to go back to the things that I used to do before, that this was for all my other friends. It was for all the other people that were serving in ministry, but that this was not the plan that God had for me, that I still knew some of my contacts from before, that I could return to my previous life and that everything would be well, that everything would be good. Let me tell you that there's not a bigger lie than that. There's not a bigger lie than to say, you know what, you were not made for this. Go ahead and return to everything else that you used to do before. I really believe that the enemy will use things as disappointment, as pain, as hopelessness, to try to get your, your view and your mind on other things and away from the Lord. And, and this is what was happening to, to the disciples. And in this series, we've been visiting the appearances that Jesus made after he resurrected. You see, the Bible says that he appeared about eight times to different disciples on different occasions. He would go in and out for 40 days after he resurrected. He was seen by those that followed him. And today we're going to read from John chapter 21. So if you have your Bible, you're going to go with me to John 21. And we're going to be breaking that down. And we're going to start off by reading verse 1 through 3. Okay, so John 21, starting in verse 1. And we're going to go through verse 3. It says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Today, the title of my message is A Confident Hope. A confident hope. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. A confident hope. Let me tell you, you just don't get to confident hope. It just doesn't happen overnight. 
It's not a thing that you just snap your finger and now you have this amazing hope and this faith for life. Let me tell you that there's people that are going through stuff right now. You know, there's people that are going through a lot of stuff. There's people that are going through fear. There's people that are going through insecurity. There's people that are, that are, that are going through job loss and, and, and their personal finances have been shattered. I've known people that have started their business and they've had to close. I know people that have been dealing with the COVID virus for the last two, three weeks and they've been at home and in bed and feeling miserable. There's people that are going through many things right now. Let me tell you, Peter was going through some stuff. Peter in the Bible, when we read this, his soul was conflicted. There was a lot of things that were going on in here inside of him. His life had just changed in a matter of days. Everything that he knew had completely turned around. And probably the toughest thing that he went through in these days is that he thought he had this unshakable trust. He thought that he had this unshakable hope in Jesus and what they were doing. And, and you know, now he was this famous preacher going around places and miracles were taking place. And all that came crumbling down the night that he denied Jesus three times. You see, at that moment, he thought he would never get to that point. He actually said, all these could fall away. All these could leave. But I will never leave you. I will always be there with you, Jesus. Now, Peter got to the point that he had security and nothing after that. His trust, his hope was, was shattered. But there was a problem. And the problem is that he was a man of influence. He was a man now that had been risen up. You see, God had given him authority. God had given him influence. And he's at a place that whatever he does... Others are going to follow as well. And I want to tell you something as a believer. If you're there and you're watching me and you've put your faith in Christ, other people are watching. Other people are going to follow your example. Other people are, are seeing what you're, what, what, you, you, what you're going to do in these times. How you're going to walk out your faith. Other people are going to want to imitate your walk with God. Maybe you're the only believer in your family. If you're, you're the only believer in your family as I was many years ago, that's a moment where all eyes are on you because you're the Christian. So you're supposed to act a certain way. So if your finances got hammered, if, if your body's feeling sick, they're going to see what's going to come out of your mouth, what you're going to say, how you're going to act. And, and Peter is in that place right now because when he said, I'm going fishing, Everybody said, you know what? We're going with you. He couldn't do it alone anymore. Others were going to follow. Others are going to follow you. Others are going to follow me as well. So we need to make sure that we know what we're saying in these times. We need to know that, that we're trusting in a mighty God, even though things might not seem the way that, that, that we would like for them to seem. Because others' people's faith are counting on our faith. And I know that that's a big responsibility. I know that that's huge, but that's the reality of what God does in our lives when he rescues us. When he rescues us, he gives us an opportunity and other people want that opportunity. So they're watching and looking at our walk with God. Now, if we get to verse four, we're going to go to verse four and read all the way through verse eight. It says this, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach and I've stood at that beach and it's beautiful at the Sea of Galilee. But the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, fellas, 
Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. And when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped it for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were about a hundred yards from shore. Now, this scene right here, this scene it was very familiar to Peter because this is how Peter originally met Jesus. The, the, the day when Jesus originally met Peter, Peter had gone out fishing all night and he didn't catch anything. And when he got to the shore, Jesus was preaching to some people on the shore and asked Peter if he could use his boat as a platform to preach to the people. And when he was done, he told Peter, why don't you take your boat out? We're going to go and catch something right now. And Peter says, listen, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. But if you say, let's go ahead. We'll go ahead and do it. And when they went out, the Bible says that they caught so many fishes that his boat began to sink. And they had to call another boat to come. And that boat started to sink as well. So this is a very familiar scene to Peter because this is how he met Jesus. Jesus right now is working on Peter's heart. You see, he takes Peter back to the beginning. And my first point with this message today, right there where you're at, I want you to write this down. To give you confident hope, God wants to take you back to the beginning of his walk with you. In order to restore our hope, in order to work in our hope, God wants to take you back to that place where it all started. He wants to take you back to that place of the beginning where you didn't know God and all of a sudden he started to show up in your life and you started to see miracles and things, you know, just take place and you were like with wonder. You know, I remember those days when I used to walk outside and even listening to the birds, even looking at this or looking at that, I would see the greatness and, and how mighty God was because he was working in my heart. I remember days that I would come to church and uh, I would go and sit and usually I would sit all the way in the back and the music would start playing and tears would start coming down my eyes and I'd be like, what in the world is wrong with me? Why am I getting all soft all of a sudden? Why, why, why am I breaking down like this? And, and God was working in my heart and dealing with stuff that was there for many years. And when God wants to give you confident faith and confident hope, he will take you back to the beginning. He will remind you how things were at the beginning. That's why in the book of Revelation, when, when Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesians, he says, remember your first love. Remember your first love. Remember how things were when you started. Remember that beginning. See, I remember uh, in times like this when a couple they start liking each other and they start spending time with each other and they start wooing each other. It's, it's a time, you know, of a lot of wonder. It's a, a time where, where, where there's stuff that is going on in here. And, and, and a lot of times as time goes by and that couple maybe gets married and they have one or two kids, those things stay in the past. A lot of people forget those moments. They forget to date their, their wife. They, they forget to take care of their husband like it used to be back at the beginning. 
And when those things start to happen, we need to do what? We need to go back to that first love. And that's what Jesus is doing there with Peter. When he does that whole miracle scene right now, after he died and after he resurrected, all of a sudden that strikes something inside Peter. Because Peter's like, I've seen this before. I've gone through this before. It was so much so that it says that Peter just took his tunic and he had dropped it to work and he puts it on him and he jumps into the water. Whom have you ever seen that when they're going to jump in the water, gets dressed instead of undressed? And Peter takes his tunic and jumps in the water. In other words, what he's saying is like, I'm not coming back to this boat again. This is the last time I've been in this boat. You know what? My faith and my hope might be shaking right now, but I'm not returning back to this. If that's the Lord, I'm swimming. And he didn't even wait. He did not even wait for that boat to get back. He jumped on the water and he started swimming. You know, he did like a, 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 a hundred uh, meter uh, swim right there. Now we get to verse nine. It says, when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. This is amazing. Fish cooking over charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. And there were 153 large fishes. And yet the nets hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Point number two, write this. To give you confident hope, God wants you to know he already has prepared for you what you've been looking for. But he will also ask you to give of what he's given you. I'm going to repeat that. To give you confident hope, God wants you to know he already has prepared for you what you're looking for. But he will also ask you to give of what he has given you. I love the fact that when they get to the shore, Jesus already has their breakfast prepared. I'm a breakfast person. I love breakfast. I cannot function without breakfast. So I know what that meant for those guys right there. When they get to the shore, they've been working all night. They haven't caught anything. Now they get this, all these fishes. And Jesus calls them. And when they look over, Jesus has a barbecue going on. I have no idea where Jesus came up with those fishes that he had on that grill. I have no idea where he came up with the bread. But hey, hey, he's God. He can produce those. He can snap his fingers and all of a sudden just fish appear on a barbecue. He already had what they had been working for all night and had not caught. He already had it. Okay, and I want to let you know that those things that you're looking for in this season, in this time of crisis, I want you to understand that he already has your provision. He already has what you need. He already knows he's prepared it for you. And I love it because he says that he served them breakfast. Jesus took his time. He is so gentle. He's so kind. He's so amazing that he served them breakfast. They didn't have to worry about it. And you know what? In this season, I'm going to give you a word of hope right now. You don't need to worry about it. You have a mighty God that this situation has not gotten out of his control. He's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. That's why I could have a confident hope. Now, 
something also happens there. He tells him, hey, why don't you bring a little bit of what you guys caught and you bring it and, and let's put that on the grill as well. So understand this, that not only does he provide, okay, and he prepares the breakfast, but he also wants to use that, that he provided for them. Because if he had not shown up, they would have never caught those fishes. Nothing would have ever happened. He gave it to them, but he wanted them to participate in giving back to him. Now, I want you to understand something. Maybe you're listening there. You're like, oh, I know where you're going with this, Pastor. I am going there. You see, because everything that we have, God has given it to us. And we might be in a place that you're like, oh, no, I'm taking care of these 153 fish. Nobody's going to touch this. No, if Jesus hadn't shown up, you don't have that. Whatever you and I have in our lives right now is because God has given it to us. And you know what he asks us? That we could share and we could give back. You see, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. He asks us to go ahead and give back. And as we give back, we participate in the miracle. In this season, for example, who are people that are around you that might need of what you have? And you might say, but if I give, what am I going to have? He will provide for you. In this season, you might be, how am I going to tithe to church? How am I going to give to God? How am I going to keep my first commitment? Remember first, we talked about putting God first this year. Has that been tested? Has that been tried? And then Jesus here, he wants to see if we're in reality going to trust him. That's how he'll work to give us confident hope. It doesn't just happen. I'll give you a testimony. Just the other day, I was home. And, and the kids were going out for the mail. And when they went to the mail, they found the check of somebody that had put a check for us in the mail. All right. And there was money there. And we don't understand how they got there. All right. Afterwards, I saw that it was a person that loves us here from the church that were sowing into our lives because they wanted to make sure that we were OK. But that wasn't the only story. A few days later, I opened the door and there's somebody dropping off groceries in my house, a total stranger. I didn't even know who that person was. And that person tells me, oh, I'm just delivering groceries that somebody bought for you from, from Costco. And we're dropping off here and they were dropping off boxes of groceries in my house. That's the God that you and I serve. That's the God that tells us, go ahead, I'm going to provide for you, but I'm also going to test you. And see what you're going to do with what I'm giving you. In this season, in this time, my wife and I, we have not stopped giving. We've kept on giving. We've kept on trusting God. Actually, we've upped our giving right now. Because we know that in times like this, our security does not come from men. It does not come from Washington. It comes from God. And God is faithful. So what he does is he gives us a confident hope when we walk like this. Now, verse 15 through 17. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed 
my sheep. The third point, write this. To have confident hope, you need to let God deal with your past failures and defeats. To get to a place of confident hope, you need to let God go in there into the wound. You need to let God go in there into those places that you don't want to let no one go in there. You need to let him. And you know what's the funny thing? God wants to go in there. God wants to go into that little room that you don't want nobody to go in and you lock the door and you throw away the keys. And that's exactly where God wants to go. When Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Jesus is going specifically to that point when Peter has said, all these can leave you, but I will never leave you. And now Jesus wants to go and revisit that statement. And Jesus says, do you love me more than these that you said that you would, even though they would leave, you wouldn't leave? Maybe you've said in your heart, I'll never doubt God. Maybe maybe right there where you're at, you, you've said, I'm always going to trust him. I'm always going to go after him. I, I, I'm going to live without fear. I, 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 I'm going to go and just follow after him no matter what. And in this season, all that has been put to the test. And this season, all of a sudden, your confidence, your hope, your faith has been shaken and you felt fear and you felt insecurity. And, and maybe you've had a mentality, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to get uh, the coronavirus and, and I might die. And, 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 and I want to remind you, you have said some things before. You, you said some things before that you're like, you know what, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to go after him. It doesn't matter. And, and Jesus is going to test that. And that's what he's doing here with, with Peter. Three times Peter denied Jesus before Jesus was crucified. And three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Three times. What Jesus is doing is he's going to each and every one of them. That's why it says that Peter, the third time that Jesus asked, he felt hurt. He felt hurt because Jesus was, you know, putting Peter's love for him to the test. But Jesus wanted to restore Peter completely. He wanted to reestablish him. And even though for Peter it was hurtful, actually what Jesus was doing was working in him to give him a confident hope that no matter what you did before, because Peter knew it when Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Peter's response was, you know that I love you. He didn't even mention the other ones. He just said, you know what? And I'm messed up. <laughs> I can't even worry about these guys right now. I, I need to take care of my faith. I need to take care of where I am. And I am shaken. And I need you to get to that point there today where you're at. That for a moment you forget everybody else around you. And, and how's your faith? And how's your hope? And how's your trust right now? Because Jesus wants to deal with you personally. Because if he gets to deal with you personally, then he'll do mighty things through you. When we get to verse 18 and 19, and here's where we bring this to a close. Jesus tells Peter, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But now that you're old, I mean, when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by, by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. The fourth point, the fourth point, write this. Confident hope will take you to follow Jesus no matter what. Confident hope 
a hope that has been restored, a hope that God has worked in, a hope that has been taken back to the beginning again, will take you to follow Jesus no matter what. Jesus prophesied to Peter right here of what kind of death he was going to have and then tells him, follow me. This follow me was a little different than the follow me the first time with the first catch of fishes. This follow me is so different because the first one was follow me to be my disciple and follow me and I'm going to make you this preacher and you're going to do all these things. This follow me that Jesus is telling him is a follow me to death. It's a follow me to death. Because he's talking to him about what? About the way that he was going to die. It's a follow me to the end. Are you and I willing to follow Jesus no matter what to the end? That's where confident hope will take you. That's where confident hope will take me to follow him no matter what. And right there where you're at, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to forget everything around you right now. The people that are around you, your kids might be running around. You might have your wife or whoever's there. Just close your eyes. And what areas of your life is Jesus telling you today, follow me? In what areas of your life is he asking for you to take a step that maybe is so difficult to take? But he wants to give you this confident hope. I want to pray for you. And as I pray for you, I'm praying the Holy Spirit will strengthen you right there where you're at. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for each person that is watching us right now. I bless them, my God, right there where you're at. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us all a confident hope. My God, that we could trust you and go after you even to the end of our life. We will go through situations, we will go through problems, we will face moments like the one we're facing in the world right now. But we know in whom we've trusted. Holy Spirit, do your work. And right there where you're at, before you open your eyes, just with your head bowed, maybe you're watching me and you've never put your trust and your confidence in Jesus. Maybe you've never invited him to be your Lord and Savior. I want you to repeat this prayer with me out loud. Forget about the people around you. But with all your heart, just repeat this with me. Lord Jesus, today I thank you because you want to give me a confident hope. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Forgive me for all my sins. I come to you and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior today. Thank you. I'm in your hands. Do something great with me. And take me to the arms of my Heavenly Father to have a relationship with Him. And fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may live for the purpose that you have for me. All these things I pray in your mighty name. Amen and amen. My dear friend, if you just made this prayer, I want to let you know that the Bible says that you have been born again. I want to congratulate you and welcome you to the family of God. Not just to Numa, all right? I want to welcome you to the family of God because the Bible says that now you're a son or daughter of God. And there's no greater gift that you and I could have in this earth. There's no greater peace that you can have 
than having God inside of your heart. Now, do me a favor. Right there where you're at, there's two things I would like for you to do. Number one, I would like for you to put right there in the part of comments, I believe. If you've made this prayer for the first time, inviting Jesus to your heart, we want to know about it. We want to connect with you right there in the comments, right? I believe. The second thing I want you to do is for you to go to our webpage, numachurchmiami.org, and you're going to find uh, a little icon that says connect card. If you can click there on connect card and fill out your information, we want to send you something through email that I know is going to be a blessing for you in this season. So we love you. We bless you. And we want you to be part of everything that God is doing. So thank you for joining us today. And thank you for this decision that you've made in your heart.